0: Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian, radio presenter, actor and podcaster Tom Price. Hello, guys. Thank you so
1: much, Dan, for having me on this. I have dreamed of doing this show. for Even before it was conceived,
0: I wanted to do this show. (laughs) Well, we're very, very lucky and fortunate to have you. Thank you for coming on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. I mean, we're just going to bitch about things, right? This is dreamy. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, imagine as someone who spends a lot of time broadcasting on the radio, it must be quite um, cathartic to be able to really <laughs> vent now and again. What can I finally say? I don't
1: really like Dido because <laughs> one of the hardest things about my job is saying, ah, oh, Dido, here with me and we're all here with you this morning on Magic Weekend Breakfast. No and I don't have to do that now, Dan. That. I don't have to do
0: that, mate. <laughs> Very good. Well, this, yeah, this can be your, your oasis, not just a desert island, <laughs> but an oasis perhaps. Um, good. Tom, how did you find choosing your picks um, for today?
1: I found it, um, I, I, you know, much like they always say on the other show with a similar title to this, very difficult to eliminate so many assholes and horrible things that have plagued my life. So, yeah, the, the editing process was a tricky one and there's a lot of people who didn't quite make it. Um, but at the same time, I've, I feel like... In, in, it's an interesting thing, and I recommend to any of your listeners that even if you aren't lucky enough to get on the show, you should still write this down anyway yourself, because you really crystallise what you don't like in life. It's quite mm. a good therapeutic process. Do you know what I mean? You really, yeah. you know, you're writing rules, in a sense. Things I don't like, people I don't like, and this is why. Values I disagree with.
0: Yeah, I think it can be a positive experience. I'm trying to tell myself <laughs> that as the new host, that I'm not just going to be consumed with bile and anger through the process. <laughs> I think, but this can make what, a that's what I love thing. about this
1: podcast. It's such a celebration of that, isn't it? It's a yeah, celebration
0: of dicks. Very much so. Okay, well, let's dive in then. Who's going to be your first choice for the island? Um, so the first
1: person um, who I have known for a long, long time, and I would find very difficult to spend all this time on an island with, um, is myself, Tom
0: Price. He is a fucking dick. <laughs> Um, um it's a surprisingly popular choice you know is having yourself on the island with you
1: oh i'm just i'm just i i have the same four or five thoughts every day i'm quite bored of them um i'm very lazy i'm a lazy man i can't even really bother to do anything um I just want to be left alone. I I am very judgy. I you know, just an absolute dick. The the worst of 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 every, everyone uh, is in me. Comes together in me. And um, it's a weird thing though, isn't it? It's a bit like in um, in the Philip Pullman novels. You know when they've got demons. You know mm. there's there's some some characters who are the real baddies. They fight with their demons. Have you have you yeah. seen this in his yeah. dark materials? And I feel like i maybe that's me. Maybe I'm a bit I'm a bit of a, a demon fighter. I don't know what animal my demon is. Um, probably like a, a I, I don't know an old an old slightly mangy fox with dodgy back <laughs> leg, and uh, I'm just constantly bickering with myself. And and you know what? In choosing myself, it makes me think maybe I need to love myself more. But no, I'm an absolute dick, absolute bell.
0: Well, you'll have plenty of time to learn to love yourself on the island, you know. Yeah. So so there is that potential chance of reconciliation down the line. But I mean, yeah, that's true, isn't it? If you take all your traits that you mentioned, things like laziness, and you're watching yourself not quite pull your weight on the island Mm. you have a word with yourself but you're also resenting yourself because you know it's you i mean it's it's Mm. a a real tangle of emotions
1: i know i'm just the the bone idol thing let's pick up on that first of all like uh if i go into a clothes shop like a big big sort of superstore you know like a river island or something Mm. a high street clothes shop and the men's clothes are on the first floor Mm. just just walk straight back out i'm not (laughs) bothered i can't be it's mad. Uh, uh, like, uh, even if there's an escalator, nah, fuck it. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't need. Uh, I don't need a pair of distressed jeans that badly. I, I'm just. I just. I'm so fucking. I like. Um. Uh. I've got a new card at the moment. New. A new bank card, and I can't remember mm. the three digits on the back. And my computer has remembered the rest of it for me, as they, as, as is their want these days. Uh, and to get the, th- the three numbers on the back twice this week alone, I've had to go all the way downstairs. And twice, I've just tried to remember it and locked myself out of my own bank <laughs> card and my own <laughs> online banking, right? Just because I couldn't be bothered to walk. And I'm not going to lie to you, Dan, the walk
0: downstairs, un- under three minutes that would take me. Yeah, unless it's in a separate it's... wing of your house. I reckon that's not too too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so I yeah, I'm, like, I'm uh, bone idle. But I feel like you're, you're almost sort of getting to a new level of, of idleness. I mean, there's something quite admirable about that in a way.
1: Yeah, but the problem I have is that then I, I, yeah, I have accepted it, and I'm very self-aware of it, but then I will, do, do you get the guilt when you're not doing anything? Yeah, You know, absolutely. when, oh, my God, I give, myself su- I give myself such a going over. Come on, man, you've got to be doing, you should be making something or writing something or emailing someone, and this is the curse of the self-employed and of the actor and of the, of the presenter type, but uh, everyone gets it, you know,
0: and I just think I need to, you only live once. If you want to sit down and do nothing, give yourself that time. Yeah, I I agree. And especially now in these uh, times of lockdown, you know, when we're Mm. recording this, I mean, it's really sort of a lot of us are learning to work from home and kind of that feeling. It's like being, you know, at school again when there's always something you could be doing when you're watching telly. You should, you know, be doing this or that or now's my chance to sort out my house but I'm really tired from working at home all day and looking after a child yeah absolutely it's amazing and also that in fact uh, um, talking of kids
1: that's another reason you start to loathe yourself because you see your own traits that are hardwired into your personality and you see them in your child so for example my eldest son is this crazy spontaneous um, he's, he's it's like housing the only animal I can think of is a rat, which is unfair on him, because yeah, I don't think of him as a birdie. But, but a way that a, a, way that a small um, a animal like that will scurry around and scuttle around and, and unstoppable brain just going brr all the time. Yeah. And that's like me. And, and going brr but to no particular constructive benefit, just complete flim-flam <laughs> falling out of his mouth the whole time. I'm like, oh, that's me. God, I'm such a dick. <laughs>
0: You've put on a, a pretty good case for yourself so far. I mean, there might be some advantages. I mean, at least you sort of, you already know know your traits and stuff. You don't have to get to know yourself. Or maybe, or maybe you're getting to know yourself in a whole other way that you're not keen on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The idea of being by myself, with myself, I just feel like that. Maybe I'd go through the insanity, you know. There's a sort of, initially I would go a bit crazy, and, and and as we all would, just literally by yourself in solitary confinement. But maybe, I don't know the psychology of this, Dan, you come out the other end and you're like, I don't know. Maybe that is how your personality splits. Or, or I don't know what happens.
0: Maybe you start to love yourself again. And then maybe you run towards your other self and you just join into one super Tom. Yes! <laughs> and yeah,
1: that's, that's, and great. that's Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great as super Tom. That's what I want to be. Now, I would definitely not take Super Tom to Desert Island Dicks because yeah, that guy's a dude, but i do I think that it's quite interesting at the moment, and we are recording this in in the time of the the madness and, and mm. the pandemic but um I feel like i'm on some sort of societal detox at the moment. I feel like i'm uh, consuming you know the same way that, that that people decide to drink nothing but water for three days and not eat anything mm. else or drink anything else. I feel like i 'm doing that with all my interactions with with the world, you know, and at the moment. I I I can only feel the high of that the adrenaline rush of that maybe that's what I'll get when I go on the desert island I fuck I'm so happy I'm having an amazing time
0: Yeah well I mean you know I think for anyone who has children and is a bit tired, at first, the idea of being cast away on a desert island isn't that bad. You think, well, I could get a week before I start really missing everyone. Yes, yeah, Everyone's totally, sort of going, totally. what are we going to do about fresh water? And it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to have a nap. <laughs> again, you've just woken up. Oh, I don't care.
1: That, but that is but that is what I'm capable of. And again, this comes back to the laziness thing. I'm capable of having a morning nap, having lunch, and then having to sleep that off. Like, I, <laughs> I will sleep off a nap. That is, that is my way through it. I don't know what it is about me. This is this sloth-like energy. And then suddenly it flips, and I become like that, that child that I've got. Just a constant energy, unstoppable energy. Um, oh, God, maybe I'm bipolar, Dan. Oh, Christ, this is becoming a horrible <laughs> exercise in self-discovery.
0: <coughs> okay, well, we can move on to your next choice, if that will make things easier and, and stop all the, the uh, self-analysis. Yeah. Uh, Who's going to be your yeah. next choice for the island?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, next up, I'm not going to put a name on this, Dan. There is one okay. person in my life who does this a lot. I'm definitely not going to name him and it is a man and it's often men who do this and it's a personality trait it's the conversation peeler okay, okay. so say you're at a dinner party or some kind of gathering right mm. and you're in any kind of social event and there's a group of you chatting maybe five or six of you and conversations pinging around and you're listening a bit and you you're 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 riding the energy well you're dividing your time between uh a little bit of you know contribute a little bit and you mm. sit back and you have a nice listen to everyone and then you'll get a conversational paler who seems to switch off the rest of the conversation, the group conversation, and just turns to you and starts a conversation with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What <laughs> is that? What, why do men do... What, what is... And it's, it's it's instantly mundane. It will be instantly something like, uh, you, tried the, uh, you tried this bit before. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but someone's telling a story about when they got burgled. That's... It's way more interesting. What? What? It's so annoying.
0: Yeah, it's a very well identified type, and, and also that it sort of stops you. Then rejoin. Uh, you can't even hope that other people will join your conversation. They'll kind of sidle yeah. up, and I go, "Oh no, those guys are having a heart to heart or something." And then you'll get you know yes. adrift, aren't you? You're on your own little island there, and no one wants yeah, to join in, it. and you can't join in.
1: No, that's right. You're completely stuck, and everyone thinks, "Oh, oh, Tom's getting on well with X. He's, yeah, he's good mates with X." And I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not
0: really. He just,
1: he conversationally uh, mugs me. Essentially,
0: he's a chat mugger." And it's always when there's there's no way of getting, you know, you've just been to the toilet, so you can't use that excuse. Your glass is full, so you can't go. <laughs> I yes. just need a new drink. You're stuck there yeah. with an empty bladder and a full glass, and conditions oh. are perfect for this person, aren't they? They 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 know it. Yes
1: yeah they sense it they're like uh, they're like sort of roaming the um, the planes looking for the (laughs) looking for the weak gazelle to pick off or whatever Um, the um, the one that I heard a great tip if you're at at any kind of party any kind of big shindig thing and um, maybe it was Stephen Fry who said this always walk around with two drinks because then if you get stuck with someone Uh, right if you get He's, oh hi, how are you? You can have a little chat, and then say, "I'm sorry, I'm just taking this to someone else. I'm just taking this over to right." That's
0: good. That is good. That is good, isn't it? And that if there's good. no one that you can take it to, at least you've got two drinks as well. Then mean, you've got two drinks, it's right? Sort of it's, a perfect. Isn't it? it's perfect. It's <laughs> perfect. Um, so yeah, no, the co- the
1: conversational peeler really annoys me. It, it's the um, and and then there's the the how to get out of it. So you're right. Once they've got you, I find it really hard because then I'll, I'm still listening to the, someone telling a story about being burgled or whatever and sometimes i'll try and reguide it and move mm. the tracks back to that conversation sometimes i will go oh see what sarah's saying she got bugled twice in a week oh that's mad isn't it like like almost trying to trying to take a child and and yeah.
0: distract <laughs> it it's it's ridiculous I find that, um, I mean, dinner parties are bad because, you know, it's quite a small group, so it's hard to break out. I find work dues are really bad for that, you know, and you go, oh, this yeah. is quite nice. You know, I'm quite glad I get along get along with a lot of my colleagues. And you walk into yeah. the room, you see, oh, all these people I haven't hung out with socially for a while, and then you get stuck with someone who does something <laughs> quite tedious, and you don't <laughs> always see them that much, and they latch on, and yeah. you're like, oh, no, what a waste of time. Yeah. It's the Christmas on, party. We really, we really bonded at the
1: uh, Christmas party, last Year, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus, Dan, that's really hurt. No, it's true. And I all, and so then here comes the next question Do you leave a uh, party in that situation? With that, do you say goodbye or not? Are you a saying goodbye or not?
0: Um, it sort of depends. You mean if I'm trying to get out of a social peeling event,
1: yeah. You pretend you're leaving and then get, I've done that, I've pretended, I, I've done that twice now, I've pretended
0: I'm leaving and then an hour and a half later, oh, you're still here? Yeah, I'm still here, just not with you, love, that's all. Yeah, um, I haven't, I don't think I've done that, I've I've made some pretty paper thin excuses to get out of it, you know, like saying <laughs> I'm going to the toilet but literally just walking five feet and then getting stuck with someone. <laughs> and then if I bump into that person again, I'm like, oh God, I haven't even been to the loo yet, God, I left you, I've, oh, I've been bursting for three hours. <laughs> I just got stuck talking to this guy who I really I like, like the idea that there's just loads of people in toilets at parties
1: and none of them are using the toilets. They're all just standing there going, oh, fucking hell, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. They're yeah. all just hiding.
0: It's brilliant. Yeah, no brilliant. one's doing drugs in the cubicles. It's just trying to get away from bad <laughs> conversations.
1: exactly totally. I find it really hard. And I'm I'm really, um, I, I don't know if it's because I've got a low boredom threshold or, or, or what, but I'm really bad if I'm having if I'm a boring conversation. I, you, you know, it's a real skill to be able to, to, to keep that going and not just mm. go ah oh, absolutely fuck this I'm off I am <laughs> out of here but this is why if you're at dinner party and there's only say you know uh, a handful of you sitting around a table this is why I find them so um, terrifying because you're stuck you're so stuck there and you just got this drone of, of uh, you know traffic chat coming from a man who's just peeled you know often say he's just on my right and he's just peeled off and everyone else is on my left and I'm having to t- physically turn my body away from everyone
0: and 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 get taken by that chat yeah and sometimes you can sort of feel the energy you can sort of feel them waiting on your your shoulder can't you like, <laughs> yes you know they're just yes. looking for that little chink in the conversation where you can be like oh yes actually that happened to me and like no 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 no, quick, yeah, quick yeah, keep yeah. asking questions keep this going keep this going <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 I found myself doing that. So i I got to contribute to the group chat here because I know he's trying to talk on my right shoulder, so I'm just going to say <laughs> some things. And, the, it's, and everyone's like, God, Tom's talking complete shit today. Well, yeah, it's because I'm scared because I'm about to be conversationally mugged.
0: <laughs> on the island as well, you know, if you're trying to sort of group together and work together as a team, having this guy... On your arm the whole time, sort of pulling you away slightly. It's it's going to be terrible for a dynamic. Really bad for
1: morale. Really bad for energy levels as well, because your nothing makes my heart sink more than oh god, that person. Here we go then. Let's do it. And, and that is, and that is in many ways what football was invented for, so yeah. that you know that you can have those chats. And I feel like I've. I I wasn't really into football until about sort of ten years ago. I I, I supported Liverpool. I've supported Liverpool for years and years and years, but I wasn't really into the world of it. And I've got much more knowledgeable about it in the last ten
0: years to use as conversational ballast. There's no doubt. I find though sometimes these people can peel you off of a conversation and then when you've got nothing... So say in the football example, I know nothing about football. I've had it before where I've been having a lovely chat with a group of people. Someone's seen their opening gone, who do you support then? And I was like, well, no one really. I don't follow football. And (laughs) they've gone... Oh, uh, right. And they've got nothing past that. But then yeah. the, the group has moved in and I they've moved on. I can't get back in again. Yeah. So now yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. bereft with this guy <laughs> who literally only has football and that's it. And, and I've, yeah. I've ruined it for them.
1: It's, so, it's like the doors closed and everyone left on the train and now you're stuck with him on the platform. And it yeah. is always a man. It's all, I'm sorry. It's always a man who does this.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think uh, women are much better at conversation, uh, at this conversation lark than us. Mm,
1: the chat <laughs> business, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: It's, it's so weird. Well, we're calling them conversational peelers, and uh, he's, he's going on the island with you. Who's going to be your third choice? Okay, so this is, again, a, a, there is one person who, who I'm thinking of here, and I'm not going to name them,
1: but um, they represent, they're emblematic for me, of uh, small-town Tories. and. <laughs> okay. I would say almost Tories with a small T. I'm not particularly anti-Tories. A lot of my family are Tories. It's not, I'm, this isn't very political, but there's a type of small-town Tory mindset that I loathe, because I grew up in South Wales, Dan, right? I grew okay. up in a little town called, called Monmouth, a very Tory, um, very safe, very parochial, in a positive as well as negative way, um, uh, kind of place, right? Mm. Um, one high street. Really the best example of small-town Britain, okay? Yeah. And um, everyone knows each other's business. That's the first thing, isn't it? That's the first thing we get with with the small town Mm -hmm. uh, places. And uh, so my mum, right, um, a lot of people knew who she was in the town. She was... All sorts of things happened with my mum over the years. Let's not this isn't grief cast. We're not going to delve too deep here. But one thing I've talked about before on the podcast mm. is she had an alcohol problem when I was growing up. She was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then she got dry. It was an amazing moment uh, when I was about 15, she she went off to a clinic and she came back and and, and I've talked about this before. It was like I met my mum for the first time when she when I was 15 years old. Yeah. Um, and then a few years after that she decided to uh, learn how to drive as part of her you know, doing stuff and, and mm. a more positive outlook and more more constructive. And when you're just having a driving lesson one morning in the small town Monmouth, there is a rat run near us where loads of people go for driving lessons. Happens to be right next to our house. And um various staff who work at one of the private schools in the town use it as a rat run and they 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 drive really quickly down this bit and my mum was in a lesson and this woman who was driving to school to work came round the corner completely cut the corner and drove straight into my mum's car alright so quite a bad crash no one was hurt yeah. but a lot of damage the police were called right and the police arrived and this woman in this small town Britain way knew my mum's history she knew about the alcohol thing so she right she insisted and the police had no intention of doing this because it was 9 o'clock in the morning she insisted that the police breathalise my mum, because she knew she had a history of alcoholism. Right now, wow. if there is not a better example of nosy, and this is my mum trying to yeah. rebuild herself and trying to restart her life and doing new things, that sort of small town Tory who is judgy and and thinks they know your business better than you do, and think and here's the, here's the real crux yeah. of it, thinks the worst of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awful, awful. It's that sort of person who's always talking about sort of making Britain great or the good old days, but they, yeah. they never sort of tell you what that is. And you get the feeling that no time in history would ever have been the good old days. It's like, so how far do you want to go? Is it the 20s when there was sort of more poverty yeah. or like, you know, post-war? Like, what's your, what Like, is the good old? You just mean not yeah. with these people around me, basically.
1: I mean, I, t- for me, I would base the best time to be alive as uh, let's look at infant mortality for a start, shall we? In which case, it's very much today uh, are the good yeah. old days. Do you know what I mean? It's that thing of people in the 1950s are probably going, ah, oh, this is fine, but I tell you what, the 1890s, that's when it was really magical, when we could all yeah. gather around after the ball. Like, everyone's always looking back. And... and- and you're right, this that weird nostalgia informs on everything and also brings in a sort of value system and And I honestly, maybe I'm digging too deep here. It's almost colonial. It's almost like yeah. we are the rulers of the world, and there is still that is still in the DNA of some people, and I know that's probably a reach to put this onto this woman who was a bit of an asshole twenty years ago. but there is something uh, entitled and arrogant. And and I am going to police other people because I am the best. That drives, yeah. that makes my blood, my hackles go, boom, and I am furious.
0: Yeah, sort of neighbourhood watch, you know, maybe in magistrate yes. in their spare time, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: and and uh, gossip, but and and this is and this is the thing as well. And it's it, the, 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 the the energy of this is all built on negativity. That's yeah. what
0: annoys me. Well, th- this is... I always think with these sort of people, it's, it's very much a kind of, I love my country so much. You know, like, this is why I want things back to how they used to be, because I love my country. But the people always talk about that, always saying how bad everything is. They're always going, this country so onto to the dogs. Everything's yeah. wrong. This country... Is, you said you loved your country. I'm pretty positive yeah. about it. You know, I live yeah. in London. Yeah. It's got its problems. But there's, you know, a lot of people living together, mostly getting on, you know. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird how they're defining
1: love through only the emotion of 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 hate and and misunderstanding and so many negative emotions it's so strange it's so strange and you know there's a lot there was a lot of that in the world that i grew up in and i think there's a lot of it still around there and the, the pomposity the self importance you know you don't behave like that because you're at this school or you know all that mm. sort of stuff it it, it doesn't it doesn't feed the human spirit in the right way you know it, no, ma- it just makes you feel crushed it makes it's a black hole because it's so meaningless it's so unidentifiable what does any of these values actually mean on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah you don't love where you live you just hate everything else more <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
1: <laughs> exactly i mean it's like being a stand-up comic for years you go to portsmouth and slag off southampton and people yeah. in portsmouth will be like yeah we love portsmouth why because it's not southampton well done everyone way wicked
0: <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i can just imagine that sort of of like they're always very helpful but it's it's sort of help that's not needed like I'm sure they're sort of always calling the local police force to let them know about something very insignificant and the police even the police put the phone down like oh god them again
1: yes yeah absolutely suspicious as well that's a big part of it suspicious and, and I was doing a thing with Danny Baker recently and he talked about, and and it, it comes back to class as well. It's a very middle class thing, I think. Danny Baker was talking about the, one of the reasons that he always got into hot water at the BBC was because he wasn't clubbable. And I love that phrase. I'm not clubbable. Are you wouldn't, I wasn't at your Oxbridge and you wouldn't, be in, you wouldn't be in the club with me, would you? And I was like, fuck, that's just another way of saying I'm not your class. It's yeah. true though, isn't it? It's yeah. true. It's class. Yeah. It comes, So many problems in Britain come back to, to class and, and this weird value system, which is, they couldn't write they couldn't begin to write a single word of what it actually means
0: i think i saw the comedian reginald d hunter talking about it he's saying when he first moved to the uk people from from where he's from the deep south were going oh are, are people racist over there and he was like no it's different they've got the class system it's like being racist against yourself like, it's <laughs> yeah like, it's like a new thing you know yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's so god that's so true it is that and uh, yeah, and I just I couldn't get away from that fast enough. And it's funny, isn't it, how it often sprouts up in middle-class places that are safe and beautiful, and maybe it's part of us trying to protect that. They're, yeah. they're, they're, I think a lot of these people are very scared, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I always think it's a shame, because these are the sort of people you hear about being scared of immigration and things like that, and you think, well, but you don't know any immigrants, so why don't you come to mm. somewhere where there are lots, and we'll explain how... It's integrated beautifully and we, you know, we appreciate each other's culture and we all get along fine. And then you'll know there's nothing to worry about. Don't just sit there being worried about something you're never going to see. You know, come and ask someone about what's it like when this happened? You go, well, well, this happened and it was totally fine. And then we can all just be okay again.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it, and it's um, the 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 thing that's weird is that, that we often it's become defined recently because of Brexit in terms of sort of small town versus big city, and it, they they turn on themselves as much as they turn on us. And the the story of my mum is a good example of that. Mm. They are as quick. To try and attack each other as they are to talk about, oh, liberal Londoners or cosmopolitan elite or any of that crap, mm. which I'm sure has been touched upon on this brilliant podcast many times before. <laughs> but but I find it interesting that that blue on blue. You know, my mum's a massive yeah. Tory, and this woman definitely a massive Tory, and my God, they went for each other. They really did. And I should say that my mum, um, when she got breathalyzed, absolutely shit faced, off the charts. So you know, she was <laughs> right to get her breathalyzed. She wasn't. She definitely wasn't. Um, but it really and it really upset my mum, and it took away yeah. her confidence, and she she stopped driving not long after and it wasn't her fault the driving instructor was with her and he was furious he couldn't believe it because he was a, a working class guy from Newport who'd come up to yeah. teach my mum for the day and he was like he was like what? what is this how does this woman know your business and why here's the other thing the police officer went oh I will breathalyzer her then yeah because of course she fucking knew the police officer
0: yeah of course Ugh. Ugh awful, mm. awful person Arsholes. get them on that island I mean maybe the relief of of uh, I mean you've got the conversational peeler in there maybe they'll be able to provide some light relief you know just when, when the awful small town Tory's talking to you they'll just peel yeah. you off and you're like oh thank god <laughs> oh maybe you've got a purpose after all <laughs>
1: this is true this is true, maybe it'll work, so it's a
0: good system maybe it'll be system. okay uh, good choice, okay um, now mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane there was some food and drink left over Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Uh cheese. Cheese. Okay. Yeah, cheese. Now, I
1: um I love I love cheddar. Let me just say that straight away, right? Okay. And I know that is technically a cheese, but for me, cheddar is like a clean, sanitized product in its own right. <laughs> it, okay. it has a it has a cleanliness to it. It has um a sense that it should be eaten. It looks it looks and smells like a food. Cheese that I'm talking about is your breeze, anything soft, any other cheese, anything that the French have come up with. It is an atrocity, it is the death of milk, it is like a science experiment gone wrong, um, it it looks like disease, it looks like someone is eating cholera. I do not understand it, and I do not understand those people.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, it's hard to sort of come back at that. I mean, you've made it pretty clear. I, it's one of those things that sort of, even if, I mean, I, you know, I like cheese, but... Sometimes you do look at what you're eating and think, how did we get to the point where, you know, like Stilton, I like, but was someone just desperate and tried it and then went, do you know what? After a while, this is really good. I mean, yeah, and if- how many people died because they ate the poisonous version before they got to Brie? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I've been in. Um restaurants sometimes they bring a cheese board over and it just looks like a weird collection of rocks and minerals and stuff and sort of like <laughs> things all kind of oozing and melting and i think yeah i know that i'll enjoy these things but they look like if you found them in the garden you'd sort of i don't know you'd you know pull your family away in case, <laughs> in case it released spores or something
1: and then you got things like quince you know just a very very posh jam it, it, it's just all oh uh, and again cheese there's a bit of class in there as well isn't there it's a little bit of a middle class there's some cheese and port delightful ugh i i just i you know and the, the other thing i should confess at this point is that my wife um she's in a thing you know like you get a book club where you yeah. all read the same book she does a thing and this is the height of assholery, right <laughs> she does a thing called the cheese club okay and her and her pals of which there are eight of them they all go round to one of their flats and they have a cheese board and they all have to bring a cheese And they eat the cheese and talk about the cheese And make notes on the cheese
0: Oh wow oh, yeah, Is there a lot of booze involved? Because it could be a good front for just drinking a lot Well I mean, that's well, I mean I there's a lot of booze y- 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 Absolutely any social activity for
1: my wife involves a lot of booze in, in, Including it turns out home teaching Who knew? <laughs> um, but yeah She uh, she does There is quite a lot of booze But the worst thing is because I, I don't do it I won't do it um, She comes back She fucking stinks <laughs> She fucking... There's nothing worse than the breath of someone who's eaten nothing but cheese all night. It is disgusting.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've been on the other end. I think I've always sort of eaten cheese with the people I'm with. I don't know if I've gone out for mm. a big cheesy night and <laughs> come back. Big
1: cheesy night. Big cheesy night. What are you think on cheese day? On Big cheese night, mate. Big cheese night. A big night on the yeah. trails.
0: I mean, the slab. <laughs> Big night, yeah! Big
1: night on the slate. <laughs> I'm going to paint the town yellow. It's just, it's rank, and I, I, I will never understand it. And uh, I'm not as bad as my brother. He won't even eat melted cheese on pizza, and he's just uh,
0: that's idiotic. Really? Did something happen yeah. when you guys were young for to turn you both against it? Was it? Is there a, a whole family aversion? Uh, I think uh, my dad ran off with a woman from Double Gloucester.
1: Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> something happened.
0: <laughs> I think uh, on the island as well. It's not going to be a good, you know being hot the cheese oh yes sweaty.
1: yes you and know. people always do weird shit with cheese like they will do that they'll bury it for 100 years and say oh this is very rare egyptian cheese <laughs> you know yeah that it's like oh there's people always try weird shit out and a baked brie a whole wheel of brie put in the oven and you and you bring it out and it's just it oh it just looks like insides it's so gross <laughs>
0: I do think that sometimes, I mean, a lot of things that we take for granted are just humans running out of ideas. I mean, God knows what will come out of this lockdown. Maybe something amazing mm-hmm. will happen. But, you know, there's lots of times when I remember eating some cheeses that I now like as an adult. I remember eating them in France, being like on holiday as a kid and just... I just couldn't believe that all the grown-ups were like this was food. I was like, "What the, what the yeah. fucking hell are you people playing at?" This is, you know, this is <laughs> disgusting, right? Have you, have you tried Vimto? That's nice. This is dis- And yeah. then as an adult, you go, "Oh, I like this weird ethereal hum that this cheese has yeah. got."
1: It's it's so strange how you how you go. The, the, the brainwashing that goes on as you grow up is so true. When you first come across it as a kid, you're like, what is this? And then suddenly, like going for walks as a kid, why are we walking in a, on, a, on a hill? This is
0: awful. And now, I love a, a countryside walk. Love a walk. Yeah, it's very strange. strange but it doesn't, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just sort of your body running out of ideas, isn't it?
1: I mean... It's, it's your body not being able to beat them, so I might as well join them. But I will <laughs> never join the cheesers, never.
0: Never. <laughs> Fair enough Well I think that would be an awful An awful thing to be stuck with on a desert island And uh, Tom what's your drink? Whiskey Whiskey Oh mate Do you like whiskey? I do like whiskey I'm not Do you know what I'm I'm less and less fussy as I get older I don't know I, the, the older I get the more I like all booze basically as well That's. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just cheese and stuff It's just yeah Everything The best
1: way of injecting alcohol into my bloodstream no, I just I don't like the whiskey I don't like the whiskey scene mate mm. don't like the scene You know people talking about I don't even know scotch and brandy are different or are they is is scotch like a feminine version of whiskey I don't even understand what's going on with all that stuff I, All I know is it just tastes acrid and I I drink it and it burns my insides and I feel like you know in total recall when Arnold Schwarzenegger is outside and they open the <laughs> thing and there's no air and he just goes Aah! and melts <laughs> I just I just melt when I drink whiskey it's I just I will never understand why people like it
0: Yeah it's a weird one <clears throat> I find that I don't know I mean I like it, but no one else in my house does. So now it's problematic in that I can really see how much I've drunk, you know, because as the bottle goes down, I think, God, that mm. was all just me on my own. <laughs> yes. So now That's I can not have it in my house. And then I can't have it in a pub because you realise that what you thought was a double at home is actually like a quadruple in a pub and and then maybe it's all getting a bit too much. So I sort of... Yeah, it's it's kind of rare that I actually have it these days. Yeah, it's
1: just... It's so strong and it's like... It's like drinking... a gas. It just feels like this that shouldn't be consumed. I cannot understand people who drink it, especially when it's a sort of like several times I've been out drinking with often actually with dads, dad friends from school, parent colleagues, as I mm-hmm. like to call them. And uh yeah, and you get to the end of the night and someone goes, let's get whiskies. And I'm like, absolutely fuck that. What's wrong with you? Why would yeah. you do this to yourselves? You've just you've got six litres of 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 ale swilling around in your stomach and now you're gonna throw in some poison what
0: so you've you've built a good fire here now what you need is some petrol on top of that yes exactly really really burn exactly. the house down just yeah it doesn't really make sense it does feel like you can breathe fire afterwards doesn't it and also there's something that's so sort of like no messing you know you, you want a mixer in your whiskey have some water that's all you get you, you know you, mm. you can put coke and stuff but you know like the real proper way it's like as as little respite as possible you know
1: yeah yeah the only the only whiskey that's acceptable is when it's uh, mixed and and becomes baileys which is the finest fluid known to man <laughs> which i know is technically whiskey i um was once uh, I was once on a skiing holiday about 15 20 years ago and my auntie had a new boyfriend right she obviously as a grown up so she was like uh, probably in her 50s or 60s and um we were in this little chalet and we we're all sitting around in a circle including my auntie's grown up kids and the new boyfriend Clem reached his hand out the window in the chalet and, and pulled out from the snow outside a bottle of Bailey's and everyone was like oh this is amazing <laughs> Clem's got snow snow cooled Bailey's and he, he poured us all a glass each and we all had a drink at the same time at Bailey's and it was wonderful and then at this point Clem said the worst sentence I've ever heard come out of anyone's mouth ever right bearing in mind my aunt's there they've been going out for about six weeks and she's got her grown up cat Family around her, he just took a sip and went, "Oh, that is like entering a lady <laughs> why why you say that? Why did you do that uh, why would you Why would you compare whiskey and milk to the act of intercourse in front of that's... all her family and they they split up <laughs> well instantly
0: pretty much a walk same. in the snow that's, yeah. yeah, an interesting way to technically exit a lady <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh, I really did not see that coming at all. Neither did we. <laughs> yeah, well, that's enough to put your whiskey and Baileys to be fair. So you know, I can feel yeah. your pain there. And yeah, again, warm cheese and whiskey—they they're not going to be sort of easy companions, are they? They're no friends of my palate, Dan. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Now, Tom, fortunately you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Okay, so my least favourite film of all time. This is a weird one because technically this film is
1: absolutely flawlessly brilliant. Okay, Mm -hmm. So I hope this will be allowed. It's more the connotations and the the lessons from the film. The film is American Beauty. Right. Um, which is, uh, I think in 1998 it was released. Mm. Um, Sam Mendes directed it. Of course, um, Kevin Spacey, who has since been cancelled, um, <laughs> was in it. And Annette Bening as well. Amazing cast, amazing script, amazing director. But here's the problem with American Beauty for me. First of all, the main guy in it has since been outed as a sex pest. Yeah. That makes me worry and doubt and... and it, it it will remind me of how flawed and and how easy it is to have to switch off s- whole streams of art that I love. I'm looking at you, Michael Jackson. I'm looking at you, Louis C.K. That is a, a problem that we have. The other problem with this film, this is a big one, is that The main character in the film is obviously Kevin Spacey. When I first watched it, I was 18 years old, and I was the kid, in my head, I related to the kid looking at the plastic bag flying everywhere who was looking for his meaning in life and looking for his artistic outlet in life, and that was me, you know? There I was at, at Warwick University that... That um, thrumming hub of, uh, <laughs> of of artistic creativity, and I felt really related to that. And now I look back on the film and realize, well, if I watch it now, that I am in fact the the, the frustrated, bored, stuck in a rut middle aged man. And and this film is emblematic of, of how my life has passed. How, how a whole chunk of life has happened.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that film is one of those films that, like, when everyone first watched, I remember. A lot of people first watching it and just going that's beautiful it's amazing yes. what a film yes but it didn't stand... It aged very badly, very quickly. Like there was. Well, the plot where Kevin Spacey's
1: is... I mean, his actual character in the show, in the film, is also a massive sex pest with that girl. That's so... It's awful yeah. what he does to her. Yeah. Awful. He grooms her. He literally grooms her.
0: And when when, when the, the whole thing about, you know, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever filmed and there's a plastic bag floating. And at the time, <laughs> yeah. when you're in the cinema, you're like, yeah, yeah, wicked. <laughs> and then, you, you know, as soon as you come out, it's like you've like, gone through a spell that's been lifted and you go... That's a bit pretentious, isn't it? Plastic yeah, bag. That's the pro-
1: but that is, and again, this is what that film tells me. This film reminds me, A, that I was a massive, pretentious dickhead when I was 18 or 19 years old. That is, that it really it, it, it's a very, very clear route uh, to, to undermine everything that I thought was brilliant. It's like, no, you were just a dickhead. Um, and it, it yeah, it, I really believe, th- that idea that at one stage you really believe in an artistic thing. And you and you pin it on your shoulders, and you go around saying, "What's your favorite? American Beauty, mate. American Beauty's amazing." And then one day you wake up and go, "Well, that was an error. Why have I said (laughs) that for years? I think I'll go back to Jerry Maguire." Thanks.
0: Yeah, there's a. It it was too easily parodiable. Yes, I think. Yes, it was. Yes, you know, like you can imagine, you could just straight away see the sort of sketches being written on Saturday Night Live and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. We're going to need some roses and a naked teenager.
0: I See, I remember going to watch it and I think I was about 17 because I just started driving and I felt quite grown up because I drove to the cinema with a friend of mine and we saw American Beauty and it felt like we were grown-ups because it's like an yeah. arty film, you know, and afterwards we talked about the film and I drove us home and I was like, yeah, I'm a grown-up. I like these kind of films now. Whereas, yes, oh, yes, exactly. And then I remember watching it with adults, like my mum and some family friends, and they all just went, That's bullshit. And I was like, (laughs) yes! I think it was like the first arty... It was like an arty film for young people. So to try and be kind of... You know, like at that age when you're like just out of adolescence and you're like, yeah, I'm an adult now. And then the adults went, no, you're not, mate. No, you're not.
1: Yeah, this is so true. And now what makes it even worse is that I'm now the adult myself going, yeah, yeah, the other adults were right in 1998 (laughs) or 1999. It really wasn't that good. Um, So, yeah, American Beauty... Just the the connotations of it and it it reminds me of time passing and it reminds me that that any uh certainties i have about anything artistic are all completely flawed and i'm probably wrong
0: <laughs> and it's only going to get ground into your psyche more as you watch it over and over again on the island yeah oh god <laughs> okay so american beauty joins you on the island and uh what about your song tom
1: uh any jazz any absolutely any jazz Okay, it's
0: a broad canon.
1: Oh, do you know, I feel genuinely purged. The idea of jazz, cheese, and whiskey being put somewhere <laughs> else away from me is just genuinely making me happy. It's a broad canon, it is. Uh, there's a lot of jazz out there. You've got to be careful, kids. Um, wash your hands. Um, it's just made up, mindless, unstructured, joyless, p- probably too complicated for my musical taste in actual fact. Um, I, I loathe it, and my father-in-law's really into it. He right. really loves it. They go to a jazz festival every year, and they buy me for Christmas every year a, a t-shirt from this jazz festival, and I wear it because, I'll, as you can see on this video call, Dan, I'll wear absolutely anything. Um, and I, I uh, wore the jazz festival t-shirt to my hygienist about six months ago, who was a weirdly racist Scandinavian, but that's another podcast. Mm. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, I just think there's too many of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she started doing my teeth, and then she spotted the jazz shirt when all of her hands were inside my mouth and she went oh yeah. you like jazz and I was like ah oh, oh, no. and I couldn't explain it's an ironic t-shirt she put some fucking jazz on right because she was a oh. massive fan and then started asking me about jazz stuff and I had to, I basically I had a whole conversation about jazz with a racist Scandinavian's fingers in my mouth
0: yes a lot of times you have to pay extra for that kind of thing um, <laughs> I, I wonder if it's something to do with sort of hardline right-wing people in dentistry because, uh, like, the hygienist I go to has always got LBC on when I go. And at first yeah. I think, oh, there's something to listen to while well, she's, you know, drilling or doing whatever. And by the end, yeah. when she stops and I hear whatever their name is, you know, some grumpy divorcee talking about, like, why James Bond's not allowed to smoke anymore and how it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I just think, please, can I have some more fillings? I don't I don't need them. Just do something loud so maybe yeah, the, the loudest sort of treatment thing. possible please yeah like get a pneumatic drill or something just smash my face in whatever whatever it takes yeah um yeah. It's okay so, true. so jazz right yeah i can imagine it is. that's going to be tricky on a desert island there's a lot to get your head around with it i heard a quote recently someone saying it's like life because it seems to go on forever and as soon as you've worked it out it all just stops <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent
1: that is excellent. And the worst thing is that, as you know, Dan, we work in a building where um, several different radio stations broadcast, and they always have a different um, radio station on every day in the toilets. And some days, a very well-known jazz radio station plays in the toilets, and those are some of the quickest, most agonising shits I've ever taken. Because I will, I will get, I will get, uh, I will get that stuff out of me as quickly as possible to get out of that toilet. I and mean, what I'm saying is, I've nearly torn my arsehole because of Jazz FM. <laughs>
0: It's funny as well when the lift doors open and jazz is playing because it seems like normal lift music and I always forget that other radio stations get played in the lift too and I always think, oh, they're putting music on in the lift now and then I realise it's yeah. just one of the stations because it... No, no, it, that's a whole station. It can just sound like lift music so much. Yeah. My wife is very into jazz and as I said... Oh, it's, really? it's a very broad church, isn't it? You know, some stuff you think, oh, this is... Yeah, I could get into this. And other stuff you're like, I don't... I feel like a child. You know, it's like yeah. that sort of feeling of going, I don't... I don't feel grown up enough. I don't quite get yeah. this. It, it's
1: yeah, it, again it's the it, it's I haven't got a
0: mature enough
1: palate. as I'm sure is the case with whiskey and cheese and jazz. There there is a similar um uh, uh a sort of appreciation to its complexity that changes your ability to enjoy it and I don't have that appreciation I just can't be asked. I'm just too ADHD, I'm like moving on mate, moving on just play a three minute song by the Beatles, thank you
0: (laughs) Somewhere someone in a velvet jacket is listening to this thinking that's their perfect evening isn't it, you know, whiskey, cheese and whiskey and and, and jazz If they are listening they're a cunt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well I think we've summed that up beautifully um, Finally, Tom, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals Which is it mm. and why?
1: Um, This is going to... Some people aren't going to be happy with this Horses Horses, yeah, right Horses i just think they're well they they've got often they've got massive dicks but i do think they are massive dicks they're they are arrogant they are aggressive can you tell i'm scared of them by the way they (laughs) um they just stare at you when you go past in a field that stare looking down the long nose that i find that so unnerving because that stare is saying i'm gonna fucking gallop on you mate i'm gonna kill you via the medium of gallop
0: i feel this is true of many grazing animals like like, they're just waiting for the right moment and something's ha- going to happen. You know, it's like there's something mm. going on in those big heads of theirs. You know, Yeah, their heads are big, take- exactly, so there must be a lot of
1: brain. Yes, yeah, exactly. they're just
0: taking it all in and sometime they're going to
1: fuck us up. I know, mate. That's exactly what I think. That's exactly what I think. They are conspiring. The horses are conspiring against us. Um, also, the, the other disappointing thing about horses, there's a lot of horses around near where my wife is from in the Peak District, the beautiful Peak District. And... Um, you always think, oh, they're nice animals. Maybe you know they look they look pretty in a field, and then you realise they're all owned by fox hunters. And I fucking hate fox hunters. Yeah, I, uh, I think know. fox hunting is vile. And and just, there's a there's a whole scene of velvet jacket wearing <laughs> cheese eating brandy drinking fox murderers um, who are um, riding horses. So the horses are emblematic of that. Emblematic of that. Yeah. Um, but also I did try and ride a horse once when I was 13 um, for my dad's birthday party we all had to get a horse and I had a horse who it turns out was a psychopath they couldn't control him it was way too big for me and to stop the horse they had to ride him into a
0: wall (laughs) wow yeah Yeah, because that's the thing you get on it and you just think I don't I can't trust something that's this much bigger than me that I'm supposed to be in charge of because, I mean, that's a weird power dynamic. Like, they don't Absolutely. know that I'm cleverer. How? how Absolutely. Are this, how, do, how does it work with any animal that's bigger than
1: me? they 're big and they 're powerful, and they sweat, never trust another animal that sweats because I can tell they're lying I can st- tell <laughs> that thing about um also the thing about when um horse racing as well i really ha- i don't like horse racing I think the grand nationals gross, they just whip animals it's disgusting i'm not a fan i'm going to get don't don't at me um mm-hmm. and uh they talk about the animals afterwards you know he's a he's a great animal he loves this sort of uh, course and he re- they they really Sort of, uh, they they're given these whole personalities as if they are high end sportsmen, which I'm sure they are in their own world, but they are also evil horses.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. I think as well, they, they can't they can't sort of look after themselves. If a horse was left on its own for a long time. I don't know if yeah. hooves just continue to grow or something really weird. There yeah. like, was a, a sort of thing yeah. in a paper once about a, a, an abandoned horse and it had just grown these enormous long hooves. And like, mm. how mm. How, is, how do you live in the wild? I mean, you, you do get wild horses. I don't know how it all works. Like, why can't you no. sort yourself out?
1: Don't know what, I don't know what the system is. And, and if anyone's going to at me, again, I don't want to know. I don't care. I just don't trust them. I'm not a fan. <laughs> and, also, and also the other things that annoys me about horses, and this technically isn't horse's fault, uh, but um, Lloyd's Bank using using yes. the horses for their adverts. They can absolutely do one. That whole thing when they've got horses running down a beach... You know, that whole thing with Lloyds, like, mm. we've been there for you for the last hundred years. No, you haven't. You've been a building I've put money in, and you've invested my money in, often, dodgy, you know, dangerous places, and now here are some horses on a beach to come and put your money in our bank. A
0: fucking what? No. And to me, what's, what's trustworthy about a load of horses that have clearly escaped, and are just hooning it along a beach? That doesn't seem... I want, Absolutely. I want for the symbol of a bank to be loads of horses in a stable, asleep. Yeah, in a
1: successful business. For me, the horses on the beach with no one riding them that suggests that a stable has gone under because their bank were charging them too high an interest rate on a business loan and now the horses are free that
0: that yeah exactly it's like the walking dead but with horses do you want to know an amazing fact about those lloyd's horses um so it's a bit of a someone i work with had worked with someone who worked with lloyd's you know a bit of a chain Yeah. but they said apparently to get horses that uniformly black Uh, And to get enough of them is very difficult because even black horses, they don't have like a, you know, velvet like coat. You know, it's kind of slightly patchy to get, you know, when they have like 12 of them in advert, what are you going to do? They paint the horses black. They're not (gasps) black horses. They just paint them. (laughs) Because that's why they've got such beautiful coats. Are you telling me the horses are blacking up? That's the most well racist thing I've
1: ever heard. I know. Fuck. So, yes, yeah, yeah, so if those horses are members of equity, then there's big trouble there. That's <laughs> awful. That's awful. They're worse than Justin Trudeau.
0: <laughs> okay, and uh, just an unpredictable animal to be on an island with, as well, you know. Yeah, and lots yeah, that's true. So you're having to get yeah. up, muck it out. Maybe it'll trample you, kick you in the face. Cut their,
1: cut their nails or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You just can't be asked with that. So that's that's going to be a living nightmare. But this whole show is going to be a living nightmare. That's the plan. So.
0: Well, Tom, so. I think you've picked very wisely in that I think the island for you would be an awful place to live. So you've done very well. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Much. I do feel genuinely purged. It's been really nice. Thank oh, you for I'm glad. Me. Good, good. Tom, um, obviously it's a bit of a weird time with lockdown and the global pandemic, but um, where can people hear more from you?
1: Uh, so I've got my own podcast called My Mate Bought a Toaster, uh, which is where I go through comedians' Amazon purchase histories. So I sit down with, in fact, we just did a brilliant one yesterday with Alex Horn, uh, where he, he had no idea what I was about to do. I opened his Amazon purchase history and said, right, so Alex, in 2002, you bought How to Be a Stand-Up. And he was like, what? You got-? People have no idea. You can go right back to the beginning of their Amazon purchase histories. Um, so funny. you can find that on your podcast platforms. And I also host Weekend Breakfast on Magic Radio. But you knew that, Dan.
0: I knew that. Great. Well, Tom, thank you very much for coming in and uh, Thanks, well mate. staying where you are and speaking to me over some technologies so that we can make this podcast. It's quite difficult to sign off in these times of pandemic. Um but thank yes. you and uh, uh that's it. Bye-bye. Yeah. Stay stay safe, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands.